Today's podcast is seriously a treat. Ladies, you're just going to love this one. Today's guest on the podcast is my friend Jess Bergio, and she is just pure fire and light. Like just meeting her, I was like, yes, you are the energy, the vibe, the woman I have been looking for. Jess was part of the recent mastermind that I went to. And just like Joanne, my last guest, Jess is just incredibly talented. She's got so much knowledge. She is just as real as they come. And our conversation was absolutely beautiful. Learning to enjoy your own compliments, what it means to be in a room and how to put fear aside so that you can stretch yourself and grow. An incredible conversation on tips to finding women to do business and life with. So be sure to relax and settle into this one. You might want to listen to it twice because it's really that good and enjoy my conversation with my guest today, Jessica Bergio. Welcome to Ladies Kicking Ass, a podcast for bold entrepreneurial women who are seeking community and authentic connections. My name is Tanya Wilson. I'm a wife, mama, entrepreneur, and growth coach who is crazy passionate about supporting you, babe. Yep, the ambitious woman who is ready to call her own shots and create a life and business that she truly adores. The best part about this podcast is our conversations are real, raw, and unfiltered. We chat about it all, our wins, losses, business, family, friendships, and how to get the hell out of our own way and believe in ourselves and our big ideas. I'm your new hype girl, and I can't wait to see what you create when you start believing that you can be who and whatever you want. So come on, let's get inspired and learn something new today. Welcome to the Ladies Kickin' Ass Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Ladies Kicking Ass. I'm so excited to bring my guest today. Jess is just fire. Like when you get around her, her energy just is amazing. I met her recently at the Community Builders Mastermind that you keep hearing me talk about because it was so incredible. This is another one of those wonderful women that I met there. Um, and the podcast has been loaded with lots of these great women. So I'm so thankful to have met them and to bring them into your life too. Um, Jess is a self-proclaimed hype girl. She is super passionate about helping you build the confidence to chase your dreams. She's a former beauty entrepreneur of 22 years. She's the founder and the host of her own podcast called Unscripted. And she is the co-host of Fast Foundations, the podcast. She's an author. I didn't know you had a book. I just found that on Amazon today. So yay, can't wait to read that. Um, and she loves to be able to help women understand they have what it takes. And if you will dig into your bold, authentic self, you can do whatever the hell you want to. So welcome to the show, Jess. So mm. thankful you're here. Oh, I love it. You know, sometimes it's taken a while, but a lot of people have a hard time like hearing good things or nice things said about them. And I learned this from Chris Harder of not only being able to edify somebody really well, especially a guest on your show, but also to be able to receive that in like real time when you hear stuff back, because we submit our own bios, right? Like you asked that for me, yeah. I wrote it, I had help with some of it, but it's really just cool to sit in that energy and like recognize all the things that you've done. And I'm sure anybody yeah. listening has a laundry list and maybe they don't have a bio, but they could go through if they really sat down and think about all the cool shit that they've done or accomplished. And we don't often give ourselves a moment to like receive that or think about it. So I always love being intro to a podcast. It's great. I love it. Actually, a business coach of mine told me, she's like, I know that you have been on a lot of podcasts lately and the things that, you know, like writing the bio, even if you have help, because for some reason we have a hell of a time sitting down and trying to write this stuff about ourselves. She's like, when you get that put together of what you send out, put that somewhere where you see it every day, because the ability to be able to read and see what you've accomplished many days when you get up and you're like, my day has already started all crazy. You can see that first, first thing in the morning of like, yeah, but look at all this really cool stuff that I've done too. So 
Totally. I think that's awesome. And even if you're not pitching to be on podcasts and you just love to listen to them, write yourself a bio. And if you don't want to write it, have your friend write it about you because it is beautiful to hear other people say nice things. Oh, I second that. I love that. And you could even have a couple of your friends write it and then you could piece together all your favorite parts and read back the stuff that you really love. I think that's good. Yeah. That's that that awesome. <laughs> yeah. See, it's going to be a good one because we've already started with that little nugget of goodness. Um, there are just so many things. Um, when we just recently went to the mastermind where we met each other at that I want to talk about with you that I think would be so incredible for both of our audiences through podcast. And one of those biggest things is what do you think, what would you give as your number one tip for women that are like, I want to find a circle of women that I can do business and life with, but I don't know where the hell to go or I'm too scared to get there. What would you tell them? Mm. Yeah. Well, first, I think you need to make a decision personally, what type of energy you want to be surrounded by, because until you are, are becoming that it's going to be hard to attract what you want back. If you're not also putting that energy out, right? Because why would other high vibe, high achieving, highly ambitious women want to sit with you if that's not the things you're talking about, if that's not the vibe that you're giving out. So it's kind of like dating, right? Where you're like, I want to meet a man who's this, who's this, who's this, who's this. And then you take a look at yourself and you're like, well, but I'm not any of those myself. So <laughs> how can I raise my frequency to bring in the type of relationships, partnerships, friendships that I want? And so I think starting there first, and I think my answer would not have been that had I not already gone through this phase of my life um, and, and we're ever evolving. So I'm sure the next phase will challenge me to show up as a different version as well. But I think getting clear on what you want to be around, who you want to be around and the conversations you want to be having, because if you're feeling like that, you probably don't have it. So you're probably looking for that somewhere and you're like, where do I even find women like this? Especially maybe if you're in a small town or if you're in an industry where that doesn't, it's not really prevalent to see a lot of powerful women collaborating and, and being in community. Because often we see mm -hmm. these women, but they're not doing that together. They're off running companies, they're CEOs, they're big, they're untouchable people who are not sitting down having conversations like this with. So I think first things first, figure out where you're at figure out where you kind of want to be going and what types of conversations you want to be having, and then start to look for proof that it exists already. So if it's like us, we'll give Lindsay, shout out to Lindsay Schwartz's uh, mastermind that we were just in. If it's yeah. rooms like Lindsay, and if you don't know who Lindsay Schwartz is, go check her out. Um, she created a room where everyone who wants to build some sort of community was being invited to talk about building their own community. And so that's where you and I met. And in that room, of course, we expected to have these high level conversations because we all kind of knew what to bring in, even if we weren't really sure that we were ready to be in that room. And you said something to me, along with a few other women who were like, I wasn't even sure if this was the right room for me, but I, I thought it was, and, and I'm so right. And I'm so glad I'm here. And so yeah. that's a perfect example of getting in rooms that you don't quite feel like you're ready for or getting around people that you don't quite think you're at their level yet, right? That's what they say, like, don't be the smartest person in the room. I don't think you yeah. need to be the dumbest person in the room, but I think that's a bad, like, <laughs> negative, positive look. But yeah. you know what I mean? Like, try to find rooms that are going to stretch you, stretch your conversation, stretch your dreams, and, and also allow for you to expand when you're in them. Because mm -hmm. people who are in momentum and who are doing big things, they have room for you also. They have room for you to, to be there real big and bold. And that also isn't something that I think a lot of women are used to. Sometimes we feel like in life, whether it's with friendships or people we grew up with, or even family, that we kind of have to play small and that we don't want to like outshine anybody. And if you're a big, bold woman and you listen to a podcast called Ladies Kicking Ass, you know what I'm saying. You know that there are certain people in your life that sometimes you feel like you're bragging to because you want to share good things that are happening, but maybe that's not happening for them, which is why you're probably seeking hanging out in other rooms with different women. So yes. figure out what you want first, figure out where you kind of want to go. Even if you don't have to know the whole big vision, you just kind of have to get a little nudge or that, that voice that's been like talking to you, telling you, come on, girl, you know, you want to be doing these things, or you, you think these things there, this keeps you up at night, or this is what you're writing in your journal all the time. Go find proof that they exist. And, you know, Lindsay's just said this before, and many of my other mentors, if it doesn't exist yet, can you create it? Yeah. 
Absolutely. So that's that's, my, that's my advice from. on there. And, and if, <laughs> if nothing else, start listening to podcasts like this so that you can get in that energetic state, raise your frequency, and then start to reach out to say the hosts that are on the show, the guests that are coming on the show and see where are they hanging out? What rooms are they in? Yeah. I think one of the, like, especially for some of a lot of my listeners, they're like, Oh, but I can't reach out to them. They're this. My husband and I were talking about this last night. Cause I went to Lindsay and Lori's podcast recording and I was like, there's so many, it has been so incredible just reaching out to just these women that I have watched for years and seeing the approachability of both of them and being able to have conversations and them saying, you know, seeing you in that room and that you're continuously showing up and supporting them. And these are the kinds of women that want to do that for you too. So I think one of the biggest things is to not be scared to reach out to people. I mean, what, what the hell is the worst thing that's going to happen? They're not going to get back to you. Yeah. And it's not necessarily that they don't want to, but maybe they didn't say it, reach out to them again. Totally. And maybe it's not the right time. I mean, you you can make up any story you want, but if you have no, if you, if you don't give it a story, there'll be no meaning behind it. And and that's what I like to kind of dead things right there. No story, no meaning. One of my girlfriends taught me that. And I was like, I love that. No story, no meaning. We create stories around everything, generally negative things, right? Like if somebody looked at you sideways yeah. or someone cut you off, like you, you could tell yourself some stories, right? It'll just take you yeah. down. I'll tell you a really good story though, because that's how I like to roll. Uh, about seven, eight years ago, um, well, it was probably about 10 years ago when I was in bodybuilding, I competed. I met this girl. We became friends. Long story short, she started working for strong fitness magazine, which was a newer magazine at the time. And strong fitness magazine was a roll off of oxygen, which is an all women's fitness magazine. And, uh, the girl who I competed with started running these camps. Her name's Jesse Hilgenberg, totally rad chick. And she called up one day and she's like, Hey, I'm, I'm hosting this, this camp in LA. It's near you. Uh, you should come. And I was like, awesome. Like, what do I do? She's like, just show up. And guess who was there? Lori Harder. And there was only about 20 girls in the room. I got to work out with her all weekend. And I got to be with her sister-in-law, Jackie. And this was, yeah, seven, eight years ago. And through the power of just showing up, getting in rooms, you know, being invited to a fitness weekend, I was a little intimidated. I was scared. I didn't really know anybody. I didn't really know the girl that invited me. No idea what to expect, but it expanded me and it expanded my network. So then a year later, Jesse got pregnant. We had hosted a couple in San Diego or she had hosted a couple in San Diego and Paul Busetta, the, the head chief photographer of the magazine. And I had become friends. And I said, Paul, you really should have other people running these camps too, like other ambassadors, other people. And he's like, well, funny you say that Jesse just kind of resigned and we still have your San Diego camp coming up. Do you want to host it? And I was like, well, I don't have a fitness following. He's like, well, don't you know somebody who does? I said, I kind of know Lori. And he's like, you should call her and see if she'll host the camp with you. And I was like, yeah, right. Me call Lori Harder and ask her to come down to host a little girls weekend camp. She said, yes. And then she proceeded to host next year's with me. And that's how we became friends. That's how she invited me to the Bliss Project, which was another room I got in. Mm-hmm. Being gifted a ticket by just getting myself in that very first room. Then having the, you know, what's to ask her to come and host something with me. Right. Worst case scenario. She said no, but she said yes, twice. And so we developed a friendship and, you know, I had looked at her like many of us do, right? She's, she's been in the game a really, really long time, had massive success and she just shows the F up. And I was like, that's the type of woman and energy I want to be around. What is she doing? Where is she yes. going? Who is she spending time with? And so that's how I'd already followed her. Cause she was on the covers of fitness magazines. And that was like my thing. So it just took our relationship deeper. And so that story, I tell you, because so many positive things have come out of that sense. Not only did I end up getting to know her really well, going to the Bliss Project. Then I got to volunteer the next year and see the behind the scenes. And then because I do hair and makeup, I got invited to do hair and makeup for her one time when she spoke at another event. So like the trickle events uh, that happened after putting myself in the rooms, it's Mm -hmm. ridiculous. I then took her husband's mastermind. Then now I work for that mastermind. So you can see the power of just showing up and the effect it can have long-term in your life and where you end up going. Yeah, all for doing a fitness camp. Yep. It's absolutely insane. And people think, well, uh, what am I going to learn from somebody that's in the beauty industry or the fitness industry? I'm in the trade services or, you know, something else. You can learn something from everyone. Most, most things that you do with business, I get all tongue tied because I think of a million things at one time. Like you, you can apply them anywhere. 
Yeah. It's truly the art of being able to talk to people and to get to know people. And through that, you can sell, through that, you can educate, you can do so many things. So don't ever be intimidated by who's in that room. Think about all of the incredible things like, wouldn't this would be so cool if, you know, that was my big thing going into it. I was so damn nervous to go to that mastermind. I remember like days before, like crying to my husband one night, like, I don't think I can go. I just like, what am I going to do in there? Like I own a freaking septic company. These women are like creating all kinds of crazy stuff and doing amazing stuff. And then you get into that room too. And you realize there's people that haven't even started running a business yet. There are people that are just thinking about stuff. Many times you think you're way further behind than you actually are. So you are actually one of those people that someone else in that room is going to be able to draw strength from and to be educated by. So you need to show up for those people that need you in that room as well. I feel like we need to touch on what you just said. So you said something along the lines of people in your industry can't see why they would go to a fitness weekend or why they would talk to somebody in the health and health and wellness or whatever. That's a perfect opportunity to network, right? If you think of like the BNI groups where there's like one of each person in a networking room, there's a reason for that because my perspective isn't going to be your perspective. And the way I think yep. about things and the way I handle problems in life or business is going to be far different than how you do it. So if we can become friends, if we can build this like, mentality where we have common goals in life it doesn't our road to get there is going to be different and the way you apply it to your business might be different than me but having friendships outside of your business um that do different things is crucial I think in growth especially in like sales or any kind of marketing like you want to see how other people are doing it so you can maybe bring that differential piece to your business because usually in your business everyone's doing it the same so I find that when people think like that and they want to stay in their box of like who they know what they know it keeps yeah. them really really stuck and it keeps them like hitting those glass ceilings where they're not able to see things for how they could be yeah and I think a lot of women too that are working it's like I'm a mom and I do this and it's like you have two titles and this is who you are you are not a work you you are a mom to your children but that's not just what you are or I just work at this or I just have this tiny business or I just you know there's always this goddamn just before everything like women minimize all of the shit that they're doing, or they tie their identity with what they do in a professional aspect. I own a septic company. I am not that septic company. I am a woman that has big goals and wants to have friendships with women that are doing business things because I don't have time to have this and this. Like, how can we bring this together and how can I find those people? So we have to stop identifying who we are by what we do. Yeah. Um, I mean, speaking from someone who was in the beauty industry, that is a hundred percent true. And I think a lot of people who get into life situations that maybe didn't feel like what they were quote unquote meant to do. Like maybe if you felt like you're meant for more, like being just a mom in that season might feel like, oh, I'm just a stay at home mom. But in reality, like that's one of the most important roles that you'll ever play. And it's just for that yeah. season, right? Your kids are only young for so long and then they don't really need you anymore. So in the grand scheme of, let's say we live 80, 90 years, like those 15, 20 years where you're raising kids, yeah, that's your one one of your many identities that you get to wear. But if you're multi-passionate and you, you know you listen to the show, you probably run a job, you probably are a, a wife or or some sort of partner in your life. You probably have friendships you're juggling. Maybe you're a mom. Like there's a lot of I do this or I am this. And it's hard to pull yourself out of those identities when you feel so like on the groundhog train every single day doing the things they can, they can seem less important. And that's why I started this with the bio about what have you done in your life? What are you proud of? Go back to the things that like make you feel, you know, that sense of greatness in your life. It's not just, I'm just this, right? Because for, for people in the beauty industry, if you started 20 years ago, you were quote, just a hairdresser. That wasn't a profession. Anybody was like, you go girl. Like that's a, that's an admirable <laughs> career. That was like a good luck. That's what people do when they can't figure out what else they want to do. But uh -huh. I have that kind of mentality of like, well, I'll show you. So I did. And I took that, that pain of being told that I wasn't a real career, even though I was passionate about it. And I let it fuel me to be the best hairdresser I could be in the situation that I was put in. You know, I created opportunities in this industry and I still continue to leverage 
that that industry, what I learned and, and how I learned to network in there to further my career, to create opportunities, to become an asset to other people by providing a service um, at a really high level. So, you know, never underestimate the power of getting around people who are doing different things than you. Yes. Oh, so huge, which totally segues into where I want to go next. <laughs> So beautifully done there. I know that you recently rebranded your podcast and kind of your audience of who you were really speaking to, you know, um, I would love to hear why you chose to pivot and do those things. And I think a lot of times women find themselves at an impasse of like, well, I've done this for so long. This is just my career. This is just who I am. I just, I'll just finish this out when deep in their heart, they have a desire to do something else. So where did you find that just, it's almost like permission to say bullshit, I'm going to do this now, or I'm going to turn this direction. So tell us your story with that. It was straight up watching other people do the same thing. It was finding the proof I needed to see that other people were making big moves in their life and in their businesses for me to believe it was possible for me. Because watching my mom, that's not what she did. Watching most people in corporate, that's not what they did. They rode it out. They stuck to one thing. They got probably really good at it. And they just sunk their teeth in. And there was no ifs, ands, or buts whether they were going to change careers. For me, deciding to become a hairdresser at 17 years old, like I kind of had a knowingness that I was going to want to do other things later in life. And so I would make a joke around, this is what I'm going to do until I figure out what I really want to do. And I knew that talking to people every single day, I knew that putting myself in high level salons and spaces and going to classes and educating myself was going to further my career more than I could have ever seen possible. At the moment I was looking at, okay, how do I learn how to do this haircut? How do I learn how to give a good client experience? But in the grand scheme of things, like I learned how to be patient. I learned how to listen. I learned how to really be able to communicate with people. If you're telling me what you want verbally uh, for a haircut or a color, like I have to really be able to understand you. So I got really good at asking questions. I got really good at getting curious about things. I fell in love with creating meaningful conversation in my chairs as the differential piece of what made me a better hairdresser than someone else. It was the full package experience. Cause I knew I wasn't going to be the best hairdresser in the entire world, but you for sure were going to get the best overall experience with me. And so after about 17, 18 years, having my son, he was probably eight, nine years old. Um, and again, being, being put into Lori Harder's world, being put into that fitness world, seeing things outside of just my box, I started to see what was possible. I started to entertain ideas of like personal training, which I got into, um, again, same skill set I got to use on my personal training clients that I had developed doing hair. So I was like, wow, okay. This yeah. skill set transfers over to this same industry. Um, cool. That's interesting. I can be successful there too. And it just led me down this path of like, what was possible for me? What else was out there? And lo and behold, Chris Harder came out with a mastermind for early stage entrepreneurs. And he used a key term that stuck with me. And it was called an accidental entrepreneur. He picked up the phone one day and he was talking about this. I've been asked a ton to create this mastermind for people just learning how to scale online businesses. It's called Fast Foundations. This is for any of you accidental entrepreneurs who've kind of just been winging it. And I was like, oh my God. That's been me my whole career in the beauty industry. I've kind of just been winging it, especially when I went out on my own and uh, started booth renting. You technically are like your own little business entity. And so that messaging spoke to me at the right time from the right person. And thankful to trusting my gut, I put my credit card on the line and I was like, this doesn't make any sense. I actually don't have the base of what he's saying I need to become like to get into this mastermind at the time, it was like $50,000 you need to be making in your online business in order for them to help you grow and scale. So I remember I reached out to him and Lori separately. And I said, Hey, so I'm making well over that in my regular quote business. I don't have an online business. Is this the right mastermind for me? He's a great salesman, but also he said, yes, you should get in the room because mm -hmm. You never know how these people can help you come up with an idea, create a business. You can meet your next business bestie. You could collab with somebody, whatever the case might be. He's like, I just highly recommend masterminds have changed our lives. Like it's, it's the place to be. Lori answered in a similar way. And I just trusted my gut. And I'm like, you don't know what you don't know. I didn't go to traditional college. So I'd never invested, you know, a good chunk of money and time into something. And I'm like, man, if I can in six months learn the fundamentals of online business and marketing, 
maybe I'll have a chance out there because I was the last kind of generation. I'm 42. I didn't grow up with the computer. I didn't grow up with all the tech and shit. And I didn't build my business behind the chair with any of it either. So I was like, sink or swim. Do you want different? All right. You got to, you got to show up and learn different. You got to be the new kid again. Cause I'd been like top dog over here for about 18 years. So I put Uh myself back at the very bottom not knowing a goddamn thing. And I walked into that room feeling all the feels that you would normally feel going into a room where you think everybody else has their shit together. Just like you kind of maybe thought when you yeah. walked in the room, you shared that with me a little bit. And that was me in that room, along with 45 other people. They all were feeling the same thing. And so mm-hmm. long story long, that mastermind is what opened my eyes to the possibility that I literally could create anything from this moment forward if I wanted to. All the tools and resources, YouTube, Google, coaches, masterminds, it's all there now. People have been creating it for people like me because they were people yes. like me at one point. And so that was the shift that started to happen back in early 2019. I joined that mastermind. And during that six month period, I started my networking groups focused around bringing the beauty industry together to network with one another. Um, I start, I started my salon, uh, my dream space, like fell on my lap through one of my clients, but not only did it fall on my lap, I was ready for it. I was ready for the challenge. I had this wherewithal of like marketing and then six months later, COVID. So it's interesting how you go through things thinking it's going to be it, right? I was like salon owner. That's it. That's where I'm going. And then six months later, I was like, nope, here's your time. You've been wanting to start a podcast. I watched Chris and Lori both start podcasts. Lindsay started a podcast. And I was like, you've got the time. You've got the resources. I had a client who was like a videographer. I'm like, let's start recording. My industry's pissed off because we're closed right now. That gave me premise, something to talk about. And mm-hmm. I at least knew enough that I could start the podcast about one thing get known for it and then pivot at some point. I I at least knew that I had that permission because had I thought I had to only talk to the industry for the rest of my podcast life, I would have probably not started because I had a feeling already I wanted out. You know what I mean? I was Mm -hmm. like, am I going to do this for another 20 years? And so the podcast gave me the ability to kind of start to get known in the industry as other than something other than just a hairdresser. There I go saying just a hairdresser, right? Because at this point now I'm a salon owner. Now I'm a podcast host. So I'm starting to add on to my titles. Um, and I had Chris on as one of my guests and I said something about coaching and he said, well, we actually brought in support coaches for the mastermind. Would you want to be one of them? And I had dreamed about becoming a coach, you know, one day I thought to the industry. And, and so I said, are you sure? And he was like, I think you'd be great. He's like, you know, how, how would you rate yourself on accountability? I said, oh, 11. He's like, what about strategy? I'm like, probably a nine or a 10. He's like, that's all we need. Accountability and strategy are what what most people struggle with. And I said, oh, I got that. So, you know, Mm -hmm. I knew I didn't have to become him at that moment in order to help people who were in my shoes just a year prior. So it gave me all of this confidence to like step into these spaces of podcasting, of coaching. And I wouldn't have had those opportunities had I not put myself in the room with Chris, had he not seen my drive, had he not gotten to know me. I would have never even met him if I hadn't shown him to that, that fitness thing with, with Lori and that girl, Jesse. So you can see how these events all totally stretched me, totally put me in kind of an uncomfortable situation by going to these events alone. Um, but what I've learned is when you kind of show up with not a lot of expectation and just this openness to receive and to be there and to, the possibility of what could happen that allowed for all this cool stuff to happen. So yeah. That's where the whole transition kind of came from. And then, you know, throughout that process of the salon, I, I, I met somebody and, you know, different seasons in your life change what you want. They change what feels in alignment. And so often we don't give ourselves permission to switch things up. We're like, nope, this is what I do. Can't move. Can't do, can't do anything. Yeah. So, and then you wonder why shit doesn't feel good to you yeah. anymore. This used to feel good to me, but now it's just a drag. You're like, no shit, because the universe is trying to tell you maybe it's time for something else. Yeah. You know, you just keep beating your head against the wall, trying to get something to happen. You need to listen to what is going on around you, because I feel like there's more clues showing you a path that may be better suited for you uh, all around you all the time. If you're willing to take a look at something, you know, totally, it's fascinating to me. I, and you know what, something that's so 
poignant that we have to pull out of what you just said too, is get into that shit before you're ready. Like you said, like I didn't have what I was making on an online business. And so, but I called them anyways. And I said, Hey, what do you think about this? You know, so many times, maybe you don't fit the qualifications of stuff. I have a seven figure business, but I am not making anything off of this little online thing yet, but I've got a podcast. We've got a website. We're launching all these things. Then ask what's the worst that can happen they tell you no at least you're still on their radar now because they know that you're interested in what they're doing people want to know that yeah or it gives you opportunities had he said no I would have said okay that would have been my opportunity to say what are the first three steps you would take to creating an online business generating fifty thousand dollars and I guarantee he would have given me that information for free because it's already on his podcast it's kind of the things he posts about and Mm -hmm. you know we're afraid to ask people for help, but people want to serve. If they're in the industry of coaching of mastering, they want to serve. They want to give you some free value, at least so that you will come back when you're ready and buy from them. So, you know, I, I knew at that moment it was time for those shifts and those changes. I didn't know what was going to come of it. I walked into that mastermind thinking I was going to find something else other than hair. And in turn, I, I did all those things I told you. But what it did by the time I met my boyfriend um, about a year and a half later I was like, my main thing is after 18, 19 years in the industry is I want to be location free. The money was great, but I was like, I've been stuck to a brick and mortar for almost 20 years. What would it be like if I could travel? So that's the the draw for me of an online business. And so now I had a purpose and a reason. He lives in Arizona. I live in San Diego. Um, So it was like, it pushed me even further to chase that dream and to go after that goal because I had a real like carrot now, right? He was my carrot. Like, how do I get to the carrot? How do I see the carrot more often? And, and through all the process of doing the coaching with him, starting the, the podcast, I developed these new skill sets and these new visions and goals and dreams that I couldn't see while I was thinking about joining the mastermind. They were not even on my radio. That big vision wasn't even there. And so now to have podcast courses that I have out, having retreats, having my podcast be live for two and a half years, I just rebranded the podcast. It's now called Unscripted. It used to be called Beauty Inspires Beauty, but I got to a point where I didn't want to just talk about things from the beauty industry. I didn't want to just have people in the beauty industry. And I didn't want to just talk about business. I wanted to include everybody else that I was starting to meet and be inspired by and the conversations I was now having. It could still include all my homies from the industry, but I didn't want to exclude anybody anymore. So I centered my podcast around solving problems versus just niching down to say a, a particular person or a client avatar like they used to teach you in marketing. So now I speak to women like us who have big goals and dreams, who are ready to flip the script on how they've been doing or what they've been told is the right thing to do. That's why I wrote the book. It's called Come As You Are, uh, The Art of Unbecoming Who They Told You to Be. Because for many of us, like we've done what we're, we've been told, how we were raised. We got yeah. married when we were supposed to. We bought the house when we were supposed to. We have X amount of kids. Like our parents told us we should. We have the type of safe job. And then you might wake up one day and think, this isn't actually what I wanted, or I did it all. And now what? I don't feel fulfilled. I, I don't understand what's wrong with me. Um, yeah. Is it wrong to want more? Is it wrong to switch things up? And I just was like, if I want to empower other people, like I have to actually make these moves myself. Um, mm-hmm. And usually if you're stepping into this kind of space where you're podcasting or coaching, you're generally speaking to a past version of yourself somewhere along your journey. So it's a lot easier than you think to like make these moves if you let yourself grow and expand. Yeah. And some people need to, I think it's important to talk about too, off of that, that people think there's already somebody that's doing that. I think as women, we are horrible at that of saying there's already somebody doing what I want to do. Do you ever hear a man say, well, he's already got a construction business, so I'm not going to start one. Fuck no. No. They're like, I'm going to do it and I'm going to beat him and I'm going to do this, you know, like they make it a game. And I think if women could do that a little bit more, and it doesn't have to be like that competitive manism of things, but coming together in community to do that. I have an online community that I'm working on building and being in that room with you and hearing your story was huge for me. And really the direction that I've started going since I left there of Yes, I want to speak to all these women that are in the trades businesses. I just had a podcast interview with an electrician this morning that was absolutely incredible. And then I can come and have a podcast interview with you that is 
you're not in that specific industry, but it is beautiful things that everyone can use in any industry. So it's service-based stuff. Hair is a service-based business. Coaching is a service-based business. These, these tips and tricks and things that you can teach people can be used in any industry. So why pinpoint yourself or corner yourself somewhere? Your voice needs to be heard by someone that is waiting to hear it from you. You gave me permission in that room to say, it doesn't have to just be the people that I feel like I'm best equipped to help. Because honestly, like I am building this women for the women's community stuff. The people that I coach one-on-one about business stuff, they're all men. They're all men. Because they're like, guys want to start their handyman business. Guys want to start their restoration business or help my lady in the office to get all of her processes together or things like that, which I love very much. But why just pigeonhole yourself somewhere? Go where people are willing to listen to your voice in the way that you bring shit to the table, because you're going to bring it in a different way than anybody else's. The way you talk and the way I talk we're both pretty similar and pretty bold ladies, but they're still going to be different because your background is different than mine. So Mm -hmm. don't make your dreams smaller just because you feel like somebody else is already doing it. Team up with that person. I want to be in your community. I'm going to sign up for that after this, just so that I can see what you're doing with things. So we can help me be able to build some of the stuff that I want to be able to do with that. And when you're with the right women They want to help you get to your next step. They're not intimidated by that. They're not saying, oh my God, you ripped me off because you're going to be different than they are. Yeah. And you'll feel hopefully like you have permission to ask for their help, to help you create something that is yours and yours alone. And everything that you just covered and said is basically like the root of growing a personal brand. You know, we talk about that a lot and people are like, well, what does it mean to show up authentically? Like, I don't know what that actually means. Well, it means being able to share your perspectives, even if they're similar to someone else's, tell it from your lens, tell it through your experience. And like you said, we could literally be talking about the same sort of like things, but like I'm going to have a different perspective. That's called a conversation. That's why podcasts are so popular because people want to hear other people's perspectives. They may not agree with them. They don't always have to agree with everything you're saying, but that's how you become authentic or that's how you show up authentically, knowing that the people who are meant to hear your message or who will resonate with your stuff that you put out are for you. And that's how you slowly start to build an audience, which hopefully then turns into a community. And then you would lead them to, you know, what it is that you have to offer. If it's something bigger, like an event or even a podcast, like being able to be yourself in whatever season you're in unapologetically is going to allow for a personal brand to develop without you trying too hard. And that's the thing with us. I know a lot of us want to work smarter, not harder. That's working smarter, not harder. You know, instead of creating yep. all this perfectly crafted, you know, logo and colors and the, the right con the pieces of content to, you know, go viral or whatever, it's, just showing up and being yourself is the key. That is the secret sauce. And no one really tells you that in the beginning. Like that is literally not strategy. That's not the blueprint to anything. It's not like, here's the, I'm going to give you the, you know, secret codes to make a million dollars this year. But if you are consistently showing up as yourself, speaking your truth, that is you developing a personal brand. Is it going to happen overnight? No. Is it going to, are you going to be worldwide and known? No, it's going to take a minute. It's going to take a minute to become known for something. So the best way to kind of dive into personal branding, I know you want to talk a little bit about this, was to get really good at talking about one or two things so that when people think of you, they think of that thing you can help them with. So for me, for a while, people were confused because I was still working behind the chair. I was a salon owner. Then I was podcasting with salon owners. And then I was offering coaching and business consulting to salon owners and people just kind of pigeonholed me as that was all I was doing. Then through the process of my podcast, I fell in love with the process of podcasting. People started to reach out and say, Hey, how did you start your show? Or, Hey, can you help me figure out what mic to buy? Or, Hey, I'm really stuck on the tech stuff. Or, Hey, can I pick your brain about this podcast stuff? So that came to me. People were coming, asking me by way of showing and talking about my podcast. I didn't sit down and think, okay, what's going to make me a bunch of money? Okay. I'm going to do that because to me, that's not authentically how I want to show up. 
and what I want to be doing. You know, that shit's like short-lived. If you pick things off of just the revenue, like you're going to get bored. People with tons of money are miserable. We know this sometimes can be true, (laughs) but if you're doing something or talking about something you're passionate that you like, it's going to be so easy to sell because people are going to buy that energy. They're going to connect emotionally to that vibe that you're putting out because you're just so excited to talk about it. And so I leaned into creating a podcast course and People are like, what? You have a podcast course? I'm like, yeah, it makes sense, right? I've been podcasting for two years. I, I want to talk about it all the time. And I wanted to go all in on my show. So I was like, how do I do that? Well, create a course that helps other people while you build your podcast. And so it's allowed for me to let go of the hair business because I created a course that people really want right now. It's the most high level comprehensive course you can, you can buy for podcasting. But I say all that, not to toot that or plug it, but I did, right? Go me. Do um, it. That's how you throw marketing in, in a book. list. Um, I know that that's not going to define my career forever and ever. I'm probably not always going to have a podcast course or be known as the girl to go to for podcasting. But right now in this season, when I sit in rooms like the one we were in, if people start talking about starting a podcast, I want them to be like, oh, Jess Bergio knows all about podcasting. You should ask her. I don't yep. want them to be like, yeah, that girl over there is really smart. She said some cool stuff. I don't actually really know what she does or if she sells anything or like, I know she coaches, but I don't know to what, like get known for something that feels really good to you. Even if you're not like, I've only, I've only, I'm doing air quotes, been podcasting for two and a half years, but do I know enough to help somebody start their own damn podcast? Yes, I do. Heck yes. So, and the things things that you think other people already know, like what kind of mic to buy or what to set it up on, like that might have come easy to you to figure out. It doesn't to somebody else. The easiest things to sell to help people with are the things that you assume that no one will ever end up paying you to teach them how to do. Totally. And that's where we we sell ourselves short. When people say, listen to podcasts like this, and they're like, well, I don't have a skill set. I don't have anything people would pay me for. You know, I'm just right. a this or that. And that's where you're wrong. And that's where writing that bio, like we talked about in the beginning, is so key so that you can see the strengths that you have maybe over somebody else. But it's not even so much around over somebody else. What are the strengths that you could lean into that you would love talking about that if somebody said, hey, can we get together for coffee? I want to pick your brain about this. You would be like, yes, I love talking about this. Wouldn't it also be cool if I got paid to talk to people about this or something like that, that helps you lean into whatever that is. And that's maybe with like a coaching type of aspect, but whether it's a skill set, like maybe you're not a hairdresser, but everybody kind of knows like you're the underground person who cuts all the guy's hair. Maybe you fall in love with hairdressing, but you're like, oh, I could never. Right. Like, so lean into things that right. start to like, take interest in your life. Mm-hmm. If somebody's saying, can I pick your brain about something? You can monetize that because they know that you know what you're doing. So just a little tip there too. Yep. I, another thing I want to talk to you about, this is kind of coming off of that too, but I have heard in so many podcasts lately, um, and we discuss this a lot in the mastermind about channeling into different kinds of energies, you know, like, do you have to be this specific person for this group of people? Do you have to be this specific person for this group of people? And what does that mean really when you're trying to become your authentic self, when you're building a personal brand? Is it okay that you come across as you and I obviously have very masculine energy to our conversations when we're talking to people. Sometimes that can be intimidating. Do you, do you, I don't want to say shrink, but do you change yourself to be a more feminine energy so that you can appeal to the masses of stuff? Or do you think it's important that you channel the energy that feels most natural to you in order to attract people to your personal brand? Mm, The last part you want to not have to force anything. There are so many things in life we have to force, right? To or to work really hard at. But you getting to be yourself is the part that should be easy. Now, you might be going through difficult shit on your own, unsure of what you want to share. That's a different story. I don't think you should share things you don't feel comfortable with sharing. Definitely, we don't shrink around here. And that's the part where you have to kind of slowly edge into that energy of being confident enough to be yourself. We all know who we are deep down. We all know how we really, really feel about things. 
And we all know who we can speak our truth to and who we should just kind of keep our mouth shut with, right? Like you're one person around your parents, right? You're probably on your best behavior. You probably don't swear. Then you get with the boys at the bar and you're cussing and you're looking at chicks, you're doing this or whatever. You're talking to boys, like you're a different person. So I do think it's very a very good skill set. And I had to learn this behind the chair because I would get a different client in my chair every time. So I had to learn how mm-hmm. to be the best version of myself for each client, right? Some of my clients are in their seventies. Some of my clients are like 19 years old. I'm going to act a little differently with each one, but at the end of the day, I'm still going to be me. And so sometimes you turn it up to match the level of energy that's around you. And sometimes you turn it down. And I think that's something we're allowed to do. It doesn't mean I'm being fake or I'm being more real at a certain time. It's just learning to read the room that you're in, right? So if I was asked to speak at an all-male conference, I'm going to bring more masculine energy to match the room, right? I could talk about something soft in a firmer tone, just like I could talk about something hard in a soft tone. And so I think it's learning that beautiful ebb and flow of, the power that you have, if you roll a lot in your masculine, like we kind of do, it comes naturally to me to be like that. Whether I'm around men or women, I tend to dominate. I tend to be a little louder. I tend to be a little bit more unfiltered. It's just who I am. And for years, even in junior high, I remember one of the teachers calling me sassy. And I was like, oh, I went home and I said, what does that word mean, mom? And she said that you're kind of bratty and that you kind of just do whatever you want. And I was like, it does is that a bad thing? And she's like, well, not really, but you know, like my mom always wanted me to be this prim and proper little perfectly put together child. And she swears that if she would have just sent me to cotillion or Catholic school, that I would have turned out what better, but girl knows how to put some heels on and and behave herself. Okay. But I also know how to go to TJ and be a little hood rat. So there's, there's so many sides of us and so many identities and roles we get to play. So this is another, another example of if it feels inauthentic to do it, then don't do it. If you have to yes. fake something, I, I challenge you to, to stop doing that. But I'll give you a quick story about my podcast. I started the podcast. It was called Beauty Inspires Beauty Podcast, right? Salons reopened. I wasn't as angry anymore. And I started to realize and feel like I didn't want to do the podcast. I was like, why am I having resistance? Like, I didn't want to do solo episodes. I didn't really want to like talk anymore about beauty stuff. I was feeling this like, Ugh you know? And so I had to sit down and ask myself, what am I not doing? What am I not? How am I not being authentic to make this feel and be fun anymore? I was at like 40 something episodes at that point. And I was like, I made up in my head a story. Remember no story, no meaning. I started this with that. The word beauty had to be really feminine, that it had to be girly and soft and all this stuff. And that if I was harsh and I talked in a tone, like I do sometimes, that nobody was going to like me and that they weren't going to listen to me because I was talking at him too hard. And I thought to myself, what would make you want to do this podcast? I'll turn the mic on, talk about whatever the fuck I want. That's what will make me want to do it. And I was like, well then freaking do it. So I yep. allowed myself to start cussing again on the podcast. I allowed myself to like get that explicit put on my podcast and to know that maybe if one of my 70 year old clients or my mom listened, they weren't going to like it. And oh, freaking well. And so that just opened up the gates of the things I felt comfortable talking about. And it was a little mm-hmm. awkward at the beginning. because I was like, oh, I don't know if these are going to land. I'm totally switching it up. And it took me another you know, year to totally change the name of the podcast to something that felt more in alignment with where I was at. And so through all of that, I think I had to be in my feminine to feel all that and to understand what I was going through. But then I had to be in my masculine to actually take that action and make the change and be unapologetic as you know what, to, to roll in and change with how I was feeling, not how everybody else wanted to see me. And so yeah. I hope I answered kind of that question because we do ebb and flow through it. Men do it too. It's not just women who roll in their masculine sometimes. So being in yep. an industry, the beauty industry, where there was a lot of male and female energy from all different types of people, like you kind of just learn to, I'm a projector too, for any of those human design freaks out there, like myself, projectors take on a lot of energy. And we kind of become the energy that's around us. And so I had to learn how to filter that out and be discerning around what I let come in and what I didn't. And so when you can kind of establish like your base, you know, that, that, that slightly masculine is where I do my best work at, you know? So it's, I've, I've learned to love that part of me and not see it as a weakness. I use it as more of a strength for me. Perfect answer. Seriously. Like it's, you don't have to pick 
And I think that's where people kind of get hung up in like, well, who am I? Because I am this person here and I am this person here, you know, I have a bunch of children. So like, I'm very like feminine and mommy to them, you know, that, you know, their dad's not like that to them. But when you same that thing that you talk when you're around the boys all the time, that natural energy sometimes just comes that way. I think anybody that is kind of a, a high D person, a high achieving person is going to fit naturally in some of that masculine energy because you're just a get shit done type of person. So I think there's there's nothing wrong with that. And a lot of times we get told I got called sassy a lot, too, when I was little mostly from my family. Like, why are you being so sassy? I'm like, or like, why, why, why do you behave this way? You know, maybe sometimes you've been challenged because you are like that. Use that. You know, I, my daughter is sassy pants and a half. And when somebody says something like that to her, I'm like, someday that's going to serve you well. Mm-hmm. Not with me right now, but someday. <laughs> yeah. Same for my son. He's 11 and he's got a touch of ADHD and he loves to be the life of the party. He's an only child. So school is like his social time and everything that he gets yeah. in trouble for at school. I tell him, you know, were you being like your best self or were you just being an a-hole? And a lot of times we'll talk about, it. he's like, I just wanted to talk to Tommy. I, you know, like I haven't played with anybody all weekend or whatever. And so I tell yeah. him, I said, your dad and I are both people who talk all day for work. And we both walk around and stand all day for work. We don't sit for eight hours being quiet. So Mm -hmm. you too will find a career that allows for you to be yourself. He's authentically chatty. He's authentically outgoing. He's authentically like high energy. That's going to serve him really well if he chooses the right career. Yeah, for sure. I think... (laughs) I think it will serve him super. My son has the same thing. They're like, he's always out of his chair. He always wants to be helping somebody do something. And I'm like, and you're literally telling him that that's wrong. It's a beautiful thing. It's one of the things that I love the most about him is because, man, this kid sees anyone struggling. He's there in an instant to help no matter what. He'll give you his last candy. He'll do all these things. And society is kind of telling him like, calm down. You need to sit and wait your turn or be, you know, don't do this. And it's those things like that. We just really have to continue to encourage our kids to be be their authentic selves. You know, a lot of times they get that damper put on them too, of like, oh, you're talking too much. Like all all of those girls that were in that room with us, probably all at one point were sent to a principal's office for talking too much. You know, it's amazing. And that's, that's an excellent thing I used to get in trouble for all the time. And now we get paid to do as a living. So it's pretty cool to see how that stuff comes out when you stop stuffing yourself down. Well, and if you have mostly women who listen to the show, you just did two key things that we've been told growing up repeatedly. Don't talk too much. Don't talk over other people and wait your turn. When you're in situations where you realize you're waiting for your turn, but like you no longer need the permission anymore. No one's there to tell you that someone's not coming to give it to you. No one's there being like, oh, now it's your turn. Lindsay made a joke about this in one of the podcast episodes where you just sit and wait for people to tell you it's your turn. And my friend, yeah. Christina LeCure, she's a high, high achieving. She was in the golf world. She rolled with the boys, like super inner masculine. She's a confidence coach. She's literally like, decide it's your own damn turn. That's the name of her podcast. Decide it's your turn. It's like making that decision that it's now my turn. And only you get to decide that for yourself. I mean, if you're around yeah. our age, like ain't nobody coming to give you a trophy for sitting on the sidelines any longer. So if you want something, yeah. you got to go out and get it. You got to go out and figure out what you need to get the support around it. Like us getting in that room for that mastermind, starting a podcast. If you want to talk about a certain topic that you can't find that info on somewhere else, creating a community of something that you wish existed. Like these are all real things that no one's going to come and ask you if you want to do them. No, they're not. And I know Lori's talked about this a lot lately too. Like anoint your damn self, like get yourself in the room. For years, I was like, well, if somebody invites me, then I'll go, or I don't want to go by myself because I don't know anybody there. That can be the most empowering thing ever. If you're scared shitless to walk into that room, you must walk into that room. If it's something that you feel like you need to do, it's not a maybe, it needs to become a must. 
because you're not going to grow until you get into those. Even walking into the podcast recording I went to with theirs last night, I was like nervous as hell walking in there, which is so stupid because I've been to two of them and spent days with them at this yeah. other thing. But it's like, who are all these other women going to be in here? But it, my energy last night was almost a little bit different going into it the third time I was nervous, but it was like, I'm excited to see who I'm going to meet. Who am I going to meet? Like normally I go in there and sit there and kind of be quiet for a minute. And I know we talked about that too, that you were like, I don't know if you like me or if you're just watching. <laughs> I'm very much an, like a, an observer for a little bit. And then I'll find somebody to go talk to. And then I don't shut up. But last night I was like, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to sit next to somebody and I'm just going to start talking to someone in that room. And of course the person I sat right next to was somebody I have followed on Instagram forever. I didn't even realize it when I first sat down and started talking to her. And then she's like, let me give you my phone number. I'm going to be, I would love to be on your podcast. And we were talking about stuff with Lindsay. And when she puts her phone number in there, I'm like, holy shit. I didn't even realize that it was her. So it's amazing when you get in there to see what happens showing up it's almost like the universe giving you a gift of saying okay you showed up here's this person for you here's this energy for you now take this and apply it to what you're working on because when you're trying to be your own hype person all the time sometimes that shit just burns out you know you need to find somebody else you can share that with a hundred percent so good. So good. So tell us what you have going on right now and where everybody can find you and get connected with you and the membership, the book, all the goodies. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yes. Lots of good things. Lots of ways to connect. Um, I too have a podcast now you guys caught it. it's called unscripted the podcast. It's got its own little Instagram page. You can hit me up over there. Check out all the past episodes. We have almost 200 out now, which I'm super proud of. Um, there's a membership Right now you can jump into, it's only 25 bucks a month. It's one of those community membership mastermind type of vibes that I've created um, because I like having conversations like this on a deeper level. So it's the podcast and then you get access to the membership. You get to hang out with other women. I know you're building a community very similar. Um, they're just cool rooms. Like we're, we're doing air quotes right now that you can get into at a very low barrier of entry, right? It's not like you're dropping five, 10 grand to be in a mastermind. It's 25 bucks a month. Some, a lot of these are free. I've, I've joined tons of free ones to where I can find my people. What are other people talking about? So the membership, yep. mine, other people's are super important to just like go peek, hang out for a couple months, see if it's for you. If it's not, then duck out. Um, I just put out a podcast course that I'm really excited about. I talked about that earlier too. This podcast course is everything I wish existed before I started mine. Had I been able to find this all on Google, which you can, I know a lot of us are resourceful. You can find a shit ton of stuff on YouTube, but if you want handholding straight to the get shit done zero to four weeks. I mean, if you really mapped it out, you could launch a podcast in less than four weeks, knowing just about everything it takes to run your own podcast, which is awesome. Um, and then, yeah, you awesome. talked about the book earlier. Thank you for giving me a shout out on that. Um, that was something that's been on my heart for years. I thought, oh, it had to be this really hard process. I watched other people go through a book writing process and thought, oh, I'm never going to do that to myself. But I'm in this <laughs> season now where I'm like, how can things be fun and easy? Like I'm down for things to kind of be hard sometimes, but they also have to be fun. Like if I'm not having fun, then I don't really want to be doing it right now. And so I found this amazing woman who's like a ghostwriter slash editor. And we sat down and we like talked my book out of me. We pulled podcast episodes of past content that I have, and we mapped out what we wanted to do in the book and who we wanted to help. And I said, let's make a short, easy book to read that if someone's on a flight, they can read this book. Cause that's, I like stuff that I could take and then implement right away. So it's like a mini workbook. So it's my like marketing material plug for anybody who might be interested in like writing a book. There are easy ways to put a book out into the world. Um, and they're great marketing resources for you to have, and it lasts forever. And really, I just wanted my kid to be able to say, my mom wrote a book. So <laughs> that was like my yes. for it too. <laughs> um, so those are all the ways I'm on Instagram at Jessica Bergio. And I also offer one-to-one -one coaching really centered around building your confidence and having the, you know, what's to step into whatever next phase or role that you want to get into. Often it's the confidence piece that's missing for people to start a podcast. So they'll sometimes work with me for a little while, um, build up that, get rid of some old beliefs. So they're ready to start their podcast with nothing holding them back, ready to take on the world and build their own community and grow an audience. So yeah, lots of really cool things. And I just recently fully retired from behind the chair two weeks ago. 
Um, Yay! and then we've got one last secret thing that I hope you're going to make it to. It's our San Diego retreat, which is coming up at the end of May. I'm not sure when this podcast goes out, but I'm hoping to become a retreat host and facilitate all of this stuff in person with people. Cause that's the missing piece. I knew that if I went fully online, I was going to miss that connection, you know, from 20 years of touching people behind the chair. I was like, what do I want to exist? And I'm like a really fun fucking retreat where we can chill the F out. So that's what we created. Yes. I'd have to say Tony was my biggest cheerleader for that. So, you know, as I'm soon excited. as she said, I want to create a retreat that's called chill the fuck out. I was like, sign me up. I'm done. <laughs> See, I, and I'm done. I'm, I'm all about learning and doing things like that. But after being in that room, you can learn shit all over the place. You need to be in a room where you can get connections. Same thing with this membership of yours. Everybody go check this out. I'm part of Powerhouse Women. I'm going to join yours. Hopefully people will join mine when it goes live in April. Like I, you can get into different, you must get into different rooms. It's not a one-time show up and now I have my people. You need to continue to keep building your network of people. And when you've got something where you can clock in a couple times a month and get into a mastermind or a conversation with somebody, do it. And it's so inexpensive. You will get your money back million times over. Even if it's just building your own confidence to believe in yourself a little bit more by seeing other women and what they're doing, it's worth everything in the world. I mean, when you spend that much money on cocktail somewhere, yeah, you know, or that, yeah. I love how you said cocktails. I said Starbucks. Um, and I want to leave your <laughs> listeners with one last little, like, thing that popped into my head as you were saying that it's interesting because there was a season where I listened to podcasts for motivation, inspiration to find out what those people were doing. And I'm in a season now where I listen to podcasts to study how the podcasters podcasting, how they're interviewing. What does their intro music sound like? I'm looking at things from a different perspective, always trying to stay the student of like, how can I be better at what I'm doing? Sometimes I actually listen to the show, like I'm listening to it. Right. But same with getting in community. If you want to build your own community, get in, see what the vibe is like, see the things you don't like, um, figure out what you do like and take that and then go make it your own. That's how everything's being created, right? Because pretty much every thought's been thought, everything's been created, every business has been gone, you know? So take pieces of all the things you love and make your own and put your speaker special sauce on it in their masculine and their feminine or somewhere in between. And then just own that as yours, right? Even if you're doing something very, very similar to someone else, like still take ownership of the way you're putting it out into the world. I just want to give people that bit of permission if they needed it or that reminder. Yes. So good. So good. So my final question to everybody at the podcast is ladies kicking ass was truly built as a need to build a community of women that I couldn't find that I was looking for these bold, authentic women, obviously getting into rooms. I can see this shit was here all along. I was just looking in the wrong spot for it. But again, like we talked about earlier, no one is your voice. So there's still room for plenty of people to be able to do this. So Ladies Kickin' Ass is truly about building that community, no matter what industry you're in. You're a working mama that's trying to juggle all this shit, and how are you doing it? So I think it's very interesting to hear when when I say the word Ladies Kickin' Ass, people are like, ooh, that's cool. What's that about? So my final question always is, what does the phrase Ladies Kickin' Ass mean to you? Oh, that's a great question. I mean, I look at people as like definitions. You are a lady who's kicking ass and it's just the whole gamut of like how you're showing up and how you're unapologetically like stepping into your next level and the way that you are just being, it's a way of being ladies who are kicking ass are just truly being themselves. I'm hoping. And, you know, I feel like there are, there are seasons throughout even just our day. One day at a time can have different seasons where we feel like we're kicking ass and sometimes we're getting our ass kicked. So I think it's the, the ladies who are not giving up, who are talking to themselves in the most positive way possible, who are lifting other people up. That's Those are the ladies I salute that are kicking ass. Beautiful. So true, so true. Thank you so much, Jess. I cannot wait to see you in San Diego. 
And it's going to be so incredibly awesome. I'm so glad that you were doing that. There's so many people that need that. This can become popular. You're going to have to host a few of these so everybody can attend them. So I'm excited. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to joining the membership and seeing what that holds in there and the people in there. I'm sure that will be a blessing too. So everybody check out everything. I will leave everything in the show notes for you. And just thank you so much. I appreciate you and your friendship and just getting to know you has been such a pleasure. So much fun. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Today's message was pure inspirational fire. I loved it so much. Hey, if you got a lot out of today's show and you think a friend of yours may love it too, please do me a quick favor. Screenshot the episode, post it, tag us at Ladies Kicking Ass, or share the link to the episode. I'm here to help and support as many badasses as possible, and your generosity in sharing the show to your audience means the world to me. Don't forget to hit subscribe to be notified of all newly released episodes, and leaving the show a five-star review is the ultimate expression of love. If you're interested in becoming a guest on the podcast, I'd love to hear from you. Shoot me a DM on Instagram or Facebook and we can chat further. There's also a link to connect in the show notes. Thank you for being part of our tribe. Now go kick some ass.